0: ideas, inspiration, innovation. This is The Game Changer. And now here's your host, Chickie Fitzgerald.
1: Good morning, this is Chickie Fitzgerald with the Executive Girlfriends Group. It is Friday, October 10th, 2014, and we have a treat for you today. This is a, a re- to visit uh, from Dr. Marcia Reynolds. and the last time we spoke with her, she had just come out with a book called Wander Woman: How High Achieving Women Find Contentment and Direction. And I am presuming we'll let her tell us the story, but that that must be leading into her next uh, book that is actually coming out this coming Monday called The Discomfort Zone, How Leaders Turn Difficult Conversations into Breakthroughs. Marcia, welcome.
0: Thank you so much. Or should I
1: say welcome back.
0: (laughs) (laughs) right. I really am glad to be here. Thank you.
1: Well, great. For, for those uh, of our listeners who did not get to listen to that first interview, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? I, you know, Clearly, you are an author, and uh, we'd like to hear uh, about your life before becoming an author.
0: Sure. I worked in companies, and primarily male companies, for uh, what 16 years before I went out on my own. Um and it was interesting what led me actually to write Wonder Woman was that I thought I was weird and um something was wrong with me and I went out and researched the the challenges for high achieving women and found I wasn't weird there was a lot <laughs> of us <laughs> right. It was my doctoral dissertation actually <laughs> and um which led to that book but you know I saw so I I experienced a lot of the difficulties in all those years that I worked in organizations. And then when I left, I became a coach uh, to go back and work with people on how to navigate the organizations and leadership and relationships. Um, and I furthered my research. That's why I went on and got my doctorate in organizational psychology. And I wrote Smart Your Brain, uh, which was my first book, uh, because I did a lot of work in emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. I just thought, oh, that's the key emotions to right. our behavior. Yeah. And so it's kind of a trilogy. I went into how do we manage our brain? And then how do we manage our brain as women, smart, strong women? <laughs> right. And then the third book is actually not just for women. It's, you know, kind of subtly, it's, it's how leaders can have conversations with us. <laughs> right. <laughs> but. Um, how do we manage these difficult conversations with other people? And that's the book is called The Discomfort Zone. So well, and I, and
1: I thought it was interesting um, that you talked in the last book about contentment. And now all of a sudden we've moved out of that nice warm place of contentment <laughs> into dealing with reality, which uh, you know some of us would uh, on some days of the week would just as soon not have to deal with it. But, uh, you know, you, you talk about this uh, issue of difficult conversations. And difficult conversations don't just happen with difficult people. No. So why don't we start out by uh, your definition of of this discomfort zone and, and how we find ourselves there.
0: Well, it's interesting that you should bring up the word uh, contentment, that I was saying find it, now I'm saying go be uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> and what i found really interesting is that when we are unsure of ourselves when we are in this moment of discomfort that's the perfect time that we're open to learn when we already know answers when we already know what we're going to do we're kind of not open to learning so for ourselves and when we have conversations for other people discomforts actually a good place to be you know of course you have to create the Environment where it's safe for people to open up and, and authentically talk about um, their reality. But if right. you don't create that moment where all of a sudden the brain goes, oh, it's not what I thought, <laughs> and, and which is uncomfortable for a moment and could lead to some emotions, if you don't create that, then there really isn't learning and growth. So that's what I built on.
1: Right, and and so I know God gave us pain, you know, to make <laughs> us be aware of danger, right? So why do we have discomfort, and is there anything good about discomfort? Well, you're right. We The
0: brain has these automatic defense mechanisms, always on alert and saying, uh-oh, this is going to feel bad, avoid it. And so we don't go um, into the discomfort sometimes we don't take risks i mean even really high achieving uh, both men and women uh, will only take risks in the areas they know they will succeed so um again looking at um stepping into the discomfort so even if i fail i'm learning uh is a good thing but when even when it comes to conversations you know we don't want to feel like we're going to uh, make someone else feel uncomfortable because then they'll judge us and we don't want that situation right. so we avoid that but uh, let me just say this morning even I was talking to a client and she kept talking about how uh, something she was really guilty about that she had nothing to do with it was about accepting a raise and she was feeling wow why should she have it You know, and other people didn't. And I finally I got even a little irritated. I said, look at all the energy you're putting into this. Uh, You know, that's really a a big drain when you can be putting it on something else, an energy that over something you really didn't do. Why is this making this so difficult for you to, you know, to not accept the money as a sign of your value? Well, what happened was, and which always happens, when somebody – All of a sudden it breaks through their brain barrier. They get very quiet. And I felt myself in that moment go, "Uh uh-oh, she's going to be mad at me. What have I done? Even though I know this, that the sign of silence means they're thinking this is good, I still, my whole body freaked out, like I've done something wrong. I attacked her, right? But I stayed quiet. And then she came back to me and she says, I feel like they're buying me. Mm. And it was this big realization which led me to say, well, is that true? And of course not. And, And then, well, what would it take for you to believe that they are acknowledging you and not buying you? And it was such a great realization for her that I had to realize again, one more time, that creating that uncomfortable moment allowed her to break through and realize what her belief system wise that was not true and was making her really mentally
1: crazy right yeah so you begin the book by uh, after you talk about what what is good about discomfort you move on to talk about the criteria for choosing a conversation in this discomfort zone and we are also used to looking for the comfort zone <laughs> that you know, actually stepping into that place that isn't comfortable for us and not only that, but to also have a conversation about whatever is making us uncomfortable, right. uh, you know, is anathema to us. So how how do we have a criteria for for making a choice that we don't really want to do inside to begin with? Well, again, these
0: conversations you're really looking at you know, what's the purpose of the conversation. Is the purpose for me to feel comfortable and just solve my problems? Or am I really going to try to help this person to break through their limitations, you know, their assumptions, their um, their limiting beliefs, if I'm going to help them grow? And if they're stuck or they're really resistant, what's the best thing here? And if the choice is for me to help them, then I need to get over myself.
1: Right, right. Yeah. And so you you also talk about actually mapping out those conversations and having milestones mm-hmm. for them. Mm-hmm. Tell me about that. Well,
0: you know, there was interesting um, research that was done where they uh, um, they mapped out mentally the brain of rappers when they compose a rap, and it talked about how the beginning of the conversation, it's very deliberate, they know what it is they want to achieve, what's the desired outcome, um, you know, what's this all about, but then they go into this mental space where the cognitive, judging, censoring brain went really quiet, and it's like they could really hear what emerged, and they just bring it forth. And then when they go and they end the rap, they come back to their cognitive brain. You know, what's, how do they want to end this? Well, the model that I created that's in uh, the discomfort zone in the book follows that, that it starts with really trying to determine what is it that we want to achieve here, what's that desired outcome for the person. So it's very deliberate. But then I go into, it's a very spontaneous conversation of reflecting, exploring, and then acknowledging the insight. They have to articulate the insight. And in the book, there's lots of um, ways of how do you listen deeply using your entire nervous system, your head, your heart, and your gut, and trusting what comes up. In a sense, it's intuition, but it's the science of intuition. How do you trust what comes up, what emerges? And just ask that question even if it's wrong. <laughs> right. Just ask it. You know, and then when the insight appears you really need to say then what's next for you? Even if it's to go think about it. Um, so you wrap it up with a very deliberate what's next. And that's the model. It's a dream model. Desired outcome, reflection, exploration, acknowledgement, and then mm-hmm. make a commitment.
1: Interesting. So the, the next section of the book uh I, I find this one fascinating because so many of us listen in a conversation for the break so we can say what we want. Yeah. To <laughs> and we listen you to ourselves, suggest, don't we? <laughs> yes. You suggest yeah. instead that we should listen for what to say, which implies that we can't have this pre laid out script we yeah. have to be willing to modify what we say.
0: Right. It's that spontaneous process, and then we have to trust that the right thing's going to come forth. But the first thing, like you said, we, we're always listening to our own um, judging and uh, needy brain. <laughs> and mm-hmm. So the first step is to quiet that, That it, remembering, again, the purpose of this conversation is, is not for you, to solve a problem and get your need met, but to help them to discover, to expand their mind, to see new possibilities for themselves and the world around them. So you remember that purpose, so you get out of your own head. And and then you need to listen beyond just their words, because if you only listen to their words, you're going to get caught up in their excuses, their rationale, their complaints, and either you will then um collude with them. Yes, that's awful. <laughs> or don't feel that way, it's okay. Everyone else feels that way, which isn't helpful. <laughs> you know? Either that or, or you'll argue with them. I always tell my clients, um, quit don't argue, don't fall into an argument because then there's usually losers and losers and it, it won't right. help. So you have to listen beyond the words. What what's the emotions that are blocking them. Like in the example I gave you, it was her guilt that was blocking her from seeing what was really true. Oftentimes it's it's fear of the future, of, of what's going to happen, um, anger over not being included in decision-making. When you start to get to what's underneath, um, you know, what's the real interference, what's the block that's causing them to not see outside of the box? You know, that you have to see the box before you can see outside of it. Okay. So you help people to see that. <sighs> help them to see where they're stopping themselves. And it's amazing how quickly, you know, they'll have that moment of silence and then they'll have the aha, the breakthrough. That's what you want to try to achieve. Help them discover
1: it because then they'll right. know exactly what they need to do and you won't have to tell them right and and you talk about breakthrough and, and breaking through barriers um as that we actually need to have that as our perspective that that actually is the outcome that we yeah. need to have in those conversations and and i mm-hmm. think that i mean that is a new perspective it certainly is for me because i I think about being persuasive, maybe, yeah. and persuading <laughs> to somebody your way. to points, point. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. But it isn't breaking through a barrier. It's getting somebody right. on my side.
0: Well, it's an interesting thing that um, for behavioral change, so people might come to agree with your perspective of yours, but will it actually change their behavior? For behavioral change to happen, there has to be this emotional commitment And the best way to get emotional commitment is self-discovery. So when I discover, oh, yeah, this is the truth, I didn't even see that before, or, oh, I should have known that, Um, you know, what's wrong with me? (laughs) When I start to discover that on my own and I I see what it is I need to do next, I commit to that action. If you tell me to do it, then there's no no. Um, guarantee that I'm going to actually go out and do something. I'll find some excuse or I'll try it and it feels uncomfortable and then I won't do it. So your persuasion may be mental but not necessarily long-term behavior. So that's why we want to try to go to the breakthrough instead of getting people to just agree with you.
1: Right. And, you know, it's so funny. Yesterday I had a meeting with uh, a woman who owns a, a store. Mm -hmm. and her store has a bunch of little shops within it. And I was aware of this place because um, one of my dear friends is one of the shop owners.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: I I understood that there were some challenges, uh, you know, in getting traffic into this store. And so I Mm -hmm. went in to Mm -hmm. offer to help this woman really Mm -hmm. for free. I mean, Mm -hmm. I I just wanted to do it as a gift to my friend, uh, even though I didn't know this woman. And she was Mm -hmm. immediately... um, uh, distrustful maybe is too strong, but mm-hmm. she was questioning my motives of why would ah. I want to do this for her.
0: Uh-huh. Um,
1: and 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 so she was objecting to free, right? So I immediately mm-hmm. <laughs> changed my tact and said, well, uh, how about if after a year of working together, you know, we measure what you're bringing in now and what you bring in uh-huh. then and you know give me 1% of the dif- the difference right uh-huh. and oh well then she started objecting to having to pay
0: right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> and and so i i think here's the challenge and and uh-huh. perhaps you even uh address this up front in the chapter called what comes first is i wasn't sure what barrier i was trying to break and so i was getting waylaid by the traps that were being laid out in front of me. Right. Right. Well, and that know, wasn't really yeah. – I mean, the, yeah. the barrier that I wanted to break through was to be able to, without mm-hmm. constraint, help my friend – grow yeah. the traffic into her business while right. also helping all of the other people in the store. But I wanted to have permission to do that, right? Yeah. And that's what I would have yeah. said my goal was coming in. But then well, all of a sudden I found yeah. myself with all these other barriers. So uh-huh. how do you work through that?
0: Well, first off, yeah. again, your purpose was that um, um, of, of you doing something for her uh, in, instead of her seeing that you could – you could be a great resource um, uh, for her. There's a slight shift. But I want to suggest that she it wasn't that she didn't trust your intention. But when we go in and we're wanting to help people and we want to fix them or fix something, they actually feel as if you're trying to fix them and you're making them wrong. So right. there's that automatic defensiveness uh, and she wouldn't even know this. This isn't conscious. That that well, who are you to think that that you have the answers and I don't? And there's something wrong <laughs> <Exactly>. with me, <laughs> right? And so that's why she responded to you was the something wrong with me thing. And and so that's why we have to be very careful with jumping in and trying to help people because they feel it as if you're trying to fix them,
1: right? Yeah. That, that's absolutely right. I, and I think mm-hmm. you must have been, like, listening over my shoulder.
0: <laughs> well, you know, we tend to be helpers, and so it's a natural response, but it's not really helpful. That's the thing we have to recognize. We're not being helpful by jumping in and, uh, and you know, trying, again, to fix the situation. So, um, you know, instead of exploring what would be most useful for you in this situation... What is it that you need right now that would help you um improve your customer experience? You, you know, you've got to ask them. You know, what what All do you right. think getting in the way of you to, of creating this? When you start to ask them questions, help them think through this. Cuz then if she comes up self-discovery with the wow, I really like somebody um to to give me some advice. <laughs> You know? right. Then you could say, I have a few ideas. Would you be open to that? Right, right. Right, but they have to come up with it. <laughs> you know, even though you have it and you want to give it to them, you have to be patient and ask them the questions so they discover on their own what they need.
1: And well, and, and that brings me to what you talk about in Chapter 6, which mm-hmm. is that transformation that can occur when mm-hmm. you are embracing what's next. And uh, again, I had a very different idea in my mind when I walked in that door yesterday <laughs> morning of what's next uh-huh. than what she thought.
0: Um
1: mm-hmm. and and so we really do have to be on the same page with mm-hmm. the person who we're having that conversation with.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh so that we can get to that transformational state, whether it's the business transforming or our relationship or both. Right you've got to be very curious and
0: interested in their story and that's where you start is mm-hmm. you know is to allow them to, you know you ask them again what is it that you um what would be the picture of your success right now what is it you really would like to have and then you say so what do you think is keeping you from doing that and let them go into the story even if if it's a blaming even if you don't see it that way you have to hear their story because that's essentially where you're going to be um, reflecting and asking them questions about their story not yours and within this story sometimes them just telling the story they'll recognize the gaps in logic you know and they'll say oh yeah Um, or you just uh, like I had this group of executives and they were all upset about their director leaving after 14 years it was a quasi governmental group so it was going to be appointed and they were all telling me how horrible it was going to be and, and and one guy's going to retire and this other guy's just going to like you know take his team and hunker down and it was just this terrible thing but I had to allow them all to tell the story and then I said I hear you're all scared about what's going to happen, you're very sad about losing your leader, maybe even a little angry, you know, about not being included in the decision-making. I hear all that. And what is it you know to be true right now? Long silence. And then they said, well, the only thing we know to be true is the guy's leaving. Now, I could have told them that at the very beginning.
1: (laughs) Yes, I guess I'm just not patient enough
0: me i had to hear their story acknowledge the story acknowledge the emotions and why and then say it and they could say yeah the guy's leaving and i could say okay so what do you need to do <laughs> and then again long silence somebody said well i guess we need to shore up our succession planning so we can weather any leader great you know wow so how can I help you right two things is all I had to say. But I had to allow them to fully tell their story and express their emotions and acknowledge that first. And that's where we get impatient. Oh yeah,
1: without a doubt. <laughs> right.
0: And uncomfortable sometimes if there's emotions, if somebody's really angry, um you know, we get uncomfortable with that and we want to make it better or make it go away. And we can't do that. You just breathe through it and acknowledge it.
1: Right. Yeah. Well, this is precisely why I am not in corporate life anymore. <laughs> <laughs> because... But we still have
0: uncomfortable conversations in our private life. Oh too, no,
1: I and, like and I definitely had. know that. Uh but but they are fewer and uh yeah true unfortunately <laughs> so you you end the book talking about strategizing your development plan so uh what that says to me is that discomfort isn't the destination it but it is one of the steps along the way to to be able to get to that place where we want to be and that once we're there we're probably going to have to have more discomfort zone conversations <laughs> yeah
0: well, you know, for you again, uh, it, when I have these con- conversations with other people, it's always incredible. Um, at the end, when they have that breakthrough moment, it's like it just feels so good. Because then I recognize how much I really have helped them instead of just trying to give them the answers. So there really is a, uh, uh, an emotional payoff for walking through the discomfort with someone. Right. Um, for yourself, uh that's the way we grow. You know, if we don't uh, step in and do something that makes us feel awkward, um, then we're never going to grow beyond that. So, um, it, like, one of the things I, I suggest in the uh, your own development plan, a really big piece of this is every day at the end of the day, you need to acknowledge what you've done well. Usually at the end of the day, we sit around talking about what didn't go well. <laughs> you know? But right. your brain needs evidence of success, that you can be successful at something. Otherwise, it will continue to uh, get you to not do it. It's like, I'm, it's uncomfortable, let's not do it. But if you keep telling your brain, look what I did today and look at the success, it will start to back off and support you in your growth. It's like you got to work with your brain. <laughs> so... Acknowledge the evidence of success every day, you know, so your brain knows this is going to be okay and I can allow you to do it. That's a big piece of, you know, because then there's always the visioning and, you know, all the other things. But that piece, I think, is critical.
1: Right. Now, I, I know that our listeners at this point are, are uh, each going to their own story of their last uncomfortable conversation. <laughs> One of the mm-hmm. things I love uh, about what you have done uh, with beginning with your book, Outsmart Your Brain, is you have actually created a quiz to help us rate our zone of discomfort. Mm-hmm. And that quiz can be found on OutsmartYourBrain.com and it is the uh, the fourth navigation item uh, over. And so I, I didn't have a chance to take this before we started, but uh, I think I know what I'm going to write, <laughs> and I'm definitely going to need to read the book. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So yeah. the book is coming out on Monday,
0: and yeah. that is
1: so exciting. So so yes. what next? What What, what is uh, there on your plate after the book is out?
0: Well, there's a lot of things I've scheduled. I've got a number of, uh, you know, webinars um, set up, and um, I'm actually making a presentation at Google <laughs> next oh, month. So great. excited about that. They'll be videotaping that, so I believe that will be online. I'm actually launching in Asia next month. Um, I sold Chinese rights because I go there a lot, and so it will be translated into Chinese. And then I'm launching in Singapore at the end of the month. So I've got an international launch <laughs> for the Discomfort Zone. I'm really excited about that.
1: Wow, that is terrific. So, um, Marcia, again, well, if you will let folks know the best way uh, to follow you, to contact you, mm-hmm. and uh, just reiterate that so that they can uh, listen to this Good. later if they're listening in their car mm-hmm. and uh, be able to get in touch with you.
0: Sure. So again, my website is outsmartyourbrain.com. So my email is marcia m a r c i a at outsmartyourbrain.com. But I have a blog, and there's lots of resources and tools on the website um, uh, as well, on pretty much in support of the discomfort zone, but all communications that you have with other people. So that would be the best way. And then the book will be available on. All the online retail sites—Amazon, Barnes and Noble, wherever their favorite one is.
1: Got it. Got it. Well, Marcia, thank you so much for your time today, and I am uh, really looking forward to seeing the results of this quiz and uh, for for downloading your book as soon as it's available uh, on Kindle. And that will on Monday, it will be on Kindle as well. Absolutely. Yeah, it's available pre-order now, and. um, Monday
0: is just the official launch day,
1: so Perfect. I think they're
0: shipping then. So yeah,
1: great. All right, terrific. Well, I hope you have a wonderful weekend, and uh, we will be in touch. And uh, I see that you're you're in Phoenix, right? I am. Well, the next time I am in Phoenix, I will make sure to let you know. Oh, please do. I would love I would love to get together with you. Thank you. All right. Terrific. Well, I will talk to you later and I'm going to stop the recording right now. So let me just remind our listeners, if you would like more information about the Executive Girlfriends Group, go to www.executivegirlfriendsgroup.com. And we also have a Facebook group, group, the Executive Girlfriends Group, and then we have a private group for our members um, that you can join after you join the Executive Girlfriends Group. So thanks uh, and have a terrific Friday.
0: You've been listening to the Game Changer Ideas, Inspiration, Innovation with Chickie Fitzgerald.